Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? What's up, guys? So I just want to remind you about the ways you can follow me. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm Dr. Delvina at Dr. D as in Delta, E L V as in Victor, E N A. I no longer have a Dr. Delvina Twitter or a Dr. Delvina Facebook professional page. Both of those were unpublished. Um, I won't get into the details of that, but um, instead of following Dr. Delvina on Twitter, follow the office Twitter page, which is which is DRT. Brain Love, D-R-T, Brain Love, B-R-A-I-N-L-O-V-E, D-R-T as in Dr. T, D-R-T. And on Facebook, you can follow the Brain Love podcast. And of course, if you are not following me on Instagram, follow me at Dr. Delvina. And my website is Dr. Delvina, Dr. Shorten, D-R, and then Delvina, D as in Delta, E-L-V as in Victor, E-N-A dot Help, H-E-L-P, as in help me, help me, Dr. Delvina, and um, tell your friends, tell everybody about the Brain Love Podcast. Please subscribe, subscribe either on Pandora, on iHeartRadio, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts. If you're on Anchor, subscribe on Anchor. Show me some love, y'all. Show me some love. That's right. Hey, guys, it's Dr. Delvina. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, 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 guys. It's Sunday night again. It's 8 p.m. And it's time for another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. I build a house for love. So tonight, I have um, a very special guest on the couch. We're talking about love, divorce, choosing yourself first, spirituality. We talk a little bit about addictions. And um, being a divorcee, you know, this kind of hits, it hits home for me. I got to fess up and say that. What you hear in the background is um, Adele. I don't know if you guys have been seeing the trending things about Adele and her, well, she has a new relationship now, but her old relationship, she is now divorced. And um, she has opened up about that. They split. Pardon me, in 2019, she and her ex-husband and officially divorced in March. And so her newest album, 30, is a dedication to her to her divorce. And like when you listen to these songs, they are so, so very, so very, so very deep. Listen to these words. Lose all the things I can't live without. 
so afraid But I'm open wide I'll be the one To catch myself this time Trying to learn to lean into it all Ain't it funny how deep mighty fall so yeah, guys, um, you got to listen to this episode. Amanda Marina joins me on the couch to discuss her process in choosing her and placing herself first, first before her husband, her marriage, her children, because this separation and ultimately the divorce was upsetting for for her children. So we're going to talk about all, all of that, and I hope that this really helps some of you or one of you or whomever who may be struggling with the decision regarding a relationship that you feel you may feel stuck in. Thank you for joining me tonight. Let's get it cracking, y'all. Hey, 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 guys. As I told you, we're back on the couch, and tonight I have a guest. It's another Sunday night. You guys know you're listening to the Brain Love Podcast with me, Dr. Delvina. I gave you all those introductions and stuff already. I'm here with someone who is, she has some good spiritual energy, man. I met Amanda. Her name is Amanda Marino. I met Amanda, who? Amanda, how long ago? Eight, eight, nine years ago? Something like that? Uh, Yeah, I'd say about eight, nine years ago. Yeah. So, you know, we don't talk all the time, but when we do talk, it's, it's cool. It's like, we never stop talking. It's that type of vibe. So Amanda is coming on tonight because we're going to talk about something very powerful, something that more women have to own. And, um, I don't want to give it away yet, but, uh, before we get into that, she's joining me on the couch. She is a certified intervention professional. We call that a CIP certified recovery and life coach. And she is the co-founder of Next Level Recovery Associates. She has a business partner. His name is Blake Cohen. And um, just her, the most important thing about Amanda is not necessarily her accolades, her titles, and what she does professionally, but her life experiences. Because we all have a story. We all have life experiences. And she's not afraid to tell her story and share her story, which is why she's such a successful life coach and helping people just, you know, elevate and get through and around and over their situations and become better people in life. Um, And so Amanda will tell us maybe if we get to that. But Amanda has um, a decade of professional uh, substance use disorder and mental health treatment. Um, she has done so many things based on her history and her passion for helping people based on her own experiences. She's had a nonprofit called Women, Women Empowering Women in Recovery. She has a podcast herself. She began her, her podcast in 2018. She and her partner, Blake Cohen, they host the Overcoming Adversity podcast and um, just just so much more. I'm going to have her give her website so you guys can look her up and read her bio. If you're someone who's struggling with or has a family member who's struggling with recovery, recovery from addictions or substance use disorders, you need to get at Amanda because she can help you with that. We're not necessarily talking about that tonight, but tonight we're on the couch talking about uh-huh, you guessed it, relationships. 
And in this episode, we're talking about how Amanda chose herself over her marriage. That's right, guys. Hey, Amanda. Hi, how are you? I'm so, so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad I finally got you on the couch. We talked about this before. And you know, sometimes in life is one of those things where if it's not really like yelling at you, you don't stop to, to listen or to do it. But you and I were on the phone last week and you were talking to me and I was like, oh my God, you got to talk about this openly for other women to hear. Absolutely. I feel ready. I feel empowered to, and I feel called to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not is, easy. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I want every woman right now who's listening, and I guess every man too, because I'm sure I think a lot of men go through this as well. Um, and I don't know who has the courage and the fortitude to make a change in their relationship, but I think we all go through this. And women were criticized the most when we try to make a change or when we want to do something or we want to put ourselves first because people will say to us, think about your kids, think about your husband, what about your family? Um, I want everyone to think about a previous relationship you may have been in and maybe it's a current relationship you're in right now that you just don't love. You don't like being there. You're not, you're not feeling it. It doesn't speak to your soul. It doesn't do anything for you emotionally. Think about that relationship and how you may have prayed not to be in that relationship anymore, how you may have just wished that you could have had a better circumstance and that you didn't have to be there with that person. I know that has happened to people. I know it has. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's important for people to trust themselves and to honor what they want in life. And that's okay. You know? Um, and that's something I was terrified of for a long time. It's okay to trust yourself, to listen to yourself and want something different for yourself. Yeah. 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 So some of you are like, okay, what the hell, what are they talking about? What are we talking about tonight? So tonight we're talking about Amanda's courage to say she had had enough of her marriage. And I'm saying it that way. I hope no one gets the impression that I'm saying she had a bad husband. She did not have a bad husband. So we're talking about how she was able to garner the fortitude, the courage to just call it quits and just say, I'm not happy. I'm leaving. So Amanda, you you, are you still technically married? Are you final? Have you finalized a divorce? No, I'm divorced. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. You were married. How long were you married? I was married to him for five, six years. And we were together for 10 years and have a nine-year-old daughter together. Oh my gosh. So you guys courted for four years before you even got married? Yes. We just wanted to kind of wait on that. So, yeah, it was a good, I mean, 10 years of my life, you know, and like you said, he wasn't a bad man. He isn't a bad man. He's a good person and a, and a great father and a very good man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yikes. Okay. So let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to 10 years ago when you met him. 
so 10 years ago, uh, however long it is now, um, I had different versions of what I wanted for myself. I was four years sober and recovery, you know, really just kind of finding my way in life as a young woman. I was 30 years old. The things that were the most important to me were someone who would love me, never leave me, never hurt me, and would provide a good family life. Those were the most important things to me a decade ago. Today, the most important things to me are emotional connection, emotional intelligence, you know, um, spiritual connection, mental and physical connection. So um, it changed and evolved a lot over 10 years. I was more, more worried about what the outside stuff could provide for me and my family than I was about my personal needs. Gotcha. Do you think that 10 years ago you were concerned about the outside stuff because that was what was primary, primary for you at the time? You said you had been four years sober then. So I'm sure that took a process. So Yeah, so I, I had nothing when we got, we had nothing when we got together and we built this beautiful life, you know, in even inside the house and outside the house, like as far as the kids were concerned, everyone was concerned. It looked great in pictures and it looked great inside. There was no arguing, no chaos, you know, none of that stuff. So we built this, this beautiful life, this big, big, beautiful home, nice vacations, like all these things that are our dreams that we have in life. And then I got all of it. And then I was like, I don't even want any of this anymore. Hmm. You know, that's what I thought yeah. I wanted. Were you excited initially when you were dating him? Did you, you know, you lusted for him? You really liked him? You were attracted to him? You loved him? Definitely. Um, definitely. There was a lot of that. And there was also the, the biggest thing was the safety that he, I felt with him. He was safe. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I, you know, he, there was a lot of that emotional connection in the beginning. And um, I'm not sure when that left because I was in such a thick, deep denial for so long, you know, that I'm still untethering some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So 10, you met about 10 years ago and a year into the relationship, you, you, you guys conceived your daughter, your daughter was born a little over. Yeah. Somewhere over like a a year and a half, you know, in that, in that time range. Yeah. Pretty quick. Did things still seem pretty good? Your daughter was born. Were things still good? I mean, we struggled, you know, like we struggled financially. I mean, I had, I think we had to use like food stamps and, um, and like a Walmart gift card to buy grocery credit card to buy groceries. Like we really struggled for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and it was really frustrating. And it was like trying to work. To, that was like a big bonding thing was like coming together and working hard and believing we could have a better life for ourselves, you know, and we were able to accomplish a lot of that together. Mm-hmm. So she was born. You still loved him the same as you did before the baby arrived. Honestly, I, I haven't dug that far back in all of this. Like I'm very clear on the last year. Um, I definitely should look at some of that, but I'm, I'm not clear on all of that right now. Do you remember like after she was born and maybe like the first year of her life, do you ever remember thinking like, who is this guy next to me in bed? Like, why am I with this dude? Or were you still, you know, content and satisfied to be in the relationship? No, I was content and satisfied to be in the relationship at that time. I know my hormones and my pregnancy. I remember when I was pregnant, I was awful to be around and I was, you know, crazy and very moody. So I know I was very difficult 
in my pregnancy. So um, I was really just mostly concerned at that time with like getting, getting through it and getting through the hard times, you know? And I stayed so goal focused and so goal oriented on what I wanted for my life and for my family that I detached from my emotions. Mm. You know, I became an over, over want to succeed. You know, I wanted to over succeed and, and I was go, go, go and doing this and that, but I never sat with myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was primarily about the family, the daughter, your husband, other folks, and less about you. You weren't even looking at you or considering you or addressing your emotional needs at the time. Not at all. And, and then I had a, my son from, you know, a previous relationship who I brought in and who really connected, like this family dynamic worked well, you know, and my husband provided this big Italian family that was really great for my son who like loved him up. And, and so I, I looked at what was good for my son, my daughter, for my husband, and, and really did not consider what I, what my wants and needs were as a woman, as a person, my emotional needs, my spiritual needs. Like I just abandoned all of that and myself. Nobody did that to me. I did that to myself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think it's a common thing that women do. We as women feel like we have to put, we have to place our children first, our husbands first, our families first. And, um, and quite often we don't consider our own emotional needs. So I think that's a common thing. A lot of listeners can, can definitely identify with that. And I confused my wants and needs by tangible items that I was obtaining in the world. You know, like those were things I was reaching for and working for and obtaining and bringing it home. And, you know, I was like proud of these things I was accomplishing for the family unit, for myself. And that's what I replaced filling myself emotionally and spiritually with after being really conditioned to, to, to self-love, self-care. I stopped all of that for a while. I did the very basic. Yeah. What comes to mind for me is um, Maslow and this hierarchy of needs, right? And so um, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the things that you need the most first are the things that um, keep you well, physically well, that help you to manage in life, the things that matter the most, like you have to have shelter, you have to have food, you have to have clothing. Those are the things that matter the most because we cannot live. Well, some people are living, you know, some people say, well, there are folks out here who are homeless. They don't have shelter, but they're not just out there idle. Those people live under bridges or they put up tents or they go to a homeless shelter. So they're creating some sort of shelter. So there, there are these things that are called basic necessities. And once we're able to fulfill our basic necessities, then the human brain starts to think about what's next. And the what's next are the things like emotional support, love, sex, relationships, those things are next because those things are not considered basic necessities. So Maslow's hierarchy of needs is based on, it's a pyramid and it's based on what are the basic necessities. Because if you don't satisfy your basic necessities, you cannot manage or you can't address the other things that come after that. And so I think that has a lot to do with why with some men, they're not able to focus on a relationship if they don't have a job if they're not financially stable, if they're concerned about their career or their future, or they haven't finished school or whatever, because for a lot of men, they can't be a provider if they haven't fulfilled the basic necessities and what they know they must do in life to be able to provide for a family or to love someone. 
So it frustrates Mm -hmm. a lot of women because we feel like, oh, I'm willing to help you. I want to help you build. I want to help you do this and that. But a man, especially a man with a lot of pride, he wants to do these things on his own. And he wants to come to you and be prepared after he has fulfilled those basic necessities. So listening to you talk about what things were like 10 years ago, nine years ago, eight years ago, seven years ago, how you were transitioning out of a life of addiction. Um, how long did you abuse substances before you achieved sobriety? Um, I was pretty much in full-blown addiction by the time I was 14 or 15. And I've been in recovery since um, I'm 26, which is almost 15 years. Okay. So um, you, it sounds like you were abusing for what, eight, over eight years? Yeah, it's about 12 years. Yeah. 12 years, 14 to 26. Yeah. And so for someone who um, may understand personally the challenges of addiction or have a family member who's been challenged, I think most of us have someone who's either been challenged by some sort of addiction, whether it's alcohol, drugs, whatever the case may be, we all know something about addiction. And people know this is, it's a challenging thing to transition from, to transition out of the addiction, to achieve sobriety, and then to go on and live your new life, because it really does take creating a whole new life. You have to change your people, places, and things. So I think during those first few years, you were achieving your Maslow basic necessities. Absolutely. Yeah. I spent the first four years really working on myself and and, you know, being a mom to my son and just figuring out who I was. And I did a lot, like all those wonderful, beautiful things I did for myself. I abandoned when I got into the relationship. I mean, I still did like the, the, the ch- checking off items. Oh, went to therapy. Oh, went to my meeting. Oh, did my step work. Oh, you know, like that kind of stuff. There was no, like, I wasn't in it. Like I had been before I was just checking the boxes, to, like gotcha. get it done. You know, what, when did the third child come along? Um, I have just have, I just have the two. I have Merrick who's 16 and Scarlett who is um, nine. And then I had a stepson who was, he's 26. That explains so it. Okay. Yes. Cause your bio said three children. I'm like, I oh, know I saw three. Okay. So your stepson. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So do 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 you have Scarlett, you guys are, you know, managing the family. Things are getting better. Financially, things are improving. Um, You have the security. Security also is one of those basic necessities too. I felt to mention that when I was talking about my Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you able to pinpoint at what point in those 10 years you were with your husband, when did you start to suspect that you didn't feel the same? Well, there was, you know, in in hindsight, there's so much more that's clear when you're in it. I think that happens in a lot of relationships or situations. It's hard to identify. Like I had this belief system that I'm going to have this family unit and I'm going to keep it together and and we're going to be together forever. No matter what, even if I'm not having my needs met, because I didn't grow up in that kind of environment. Like I, I felt like it was a failure to be a, di- a divorced woman for a second time, right? This is my second one. So I'm 40 years old. I have a 16 year old and a nine year old. So I believed it was something that was a failure. And so I remember, you know, the, the lockdown time really had me become still. I hadn't been still like that in years. Mm-hmm. I had all kinds of stuff coming up. I had like body image stuff I had to work on. I had you know, just really like feeling things that I hadn't allowed myself to feel in so many years. 
then I started to get panic attacks and I couldn't identify what, where they were coming from. It was because I had stuff inside of me that was so deep and so pushed down there that revolved my whole life and what, you know, what I needed to do for myself that I couldn't even see it. And I'm pretty self-aware, like I'm pretty aware, but when something is so deep ingrained in you, it's like painful to acknowledge. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, so there were symptoms. There was mm-hmm. definitely symptoms that I see over time, you know, in hindsight, you know, I stopped being communicative. I stopped like bantering my wants and needs and, and stopped the therapy and I shut down and became quiet. And that's when the problems really started. So this was all during the pandemic. You're saying you shut down during the pandemic. Yeah, I think it started before, but it, it, it got escalated through that time. Yeah. So how much longer before the pandemic? So the pandemic, let's say March, 2020. Oh girl, it's all blurry. <laughs> before t- what happened before 2020? <laughs> the real world. Um, yeah. I mean, when I look back in hindsight, like I didn't identify what it was then, but I started to feel some detachment. I started to feel um, thoughts, you know, of not wanting to do this. Um, but then I would not allow myself to think that, you know, I'd get myself back on the bandwagon and, and try to work on things and try to, you know, maybe not necessarily talk about them anymore, but try to like, sh- I tried to show up more in the relationship or try to do more. I figured if I did more, I could fix it, you know, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some things just aren't, that's just not the, the case. You know, we can't fix everything as women, wives, mothers, <laughs> You know, right. certain things you just can't fix. They just are what they are and they're nobody's fault. Right, right, right. So, you know, we're on the couch. And of course, I got to ask the hard questions because I know the listeners are like, okay, I want to know this or that. So I got to ask you the hard questions to help people understand this more. And also so they can, it may help them identify what in their own situations, if certain behaviors mean that they are, I don't know, would you call this falling out of love? Would you call this, do you feel like you fell out of love? Yes, I feel like I detached. And Mm -hmm. in detachment, I, I fell out of love, you know, and didn't, and didn't even know it until like, symptoms were coming out that were making my life unmanageable. Mm -hmm. Because I, my deep belief system in wanting to have this family unit, kind of like Adele shared, you know, just heard her interview with Oprah, like she's speaking my story, you know, it's the same thing. Like I wanted it so bad to have this family unit, even in sacrifice of myself. Mm-hmm. So yes, the falling out of love part happened over a period of time to where when I was done, I knew for sure I was done. And unfortunately for him, there was nothing he could say or do that was going to change my mind. Gotcha. I was done. Okay, guys, we're going to take a short break and come back. Um, I have the hard questions here. We're going to start to, I'm going to use this term loosely because we use the term process and psychotherapy. This is not psychotherapy, but we're going to come back and process the rest of this and uh, we'll start to wrap it up. Come back on the couch, guys. So we're just going to take a quick break here. I wanted to talk a little bit about children, children who are involved in in divorce. Um, If you're going through a situation, if your relationship is failing and you think divorce is going to be the ultimate decision, 
consider placing your children in, in therapy now because although we believe, we know children are resilient and you, be, you may be saying, oh, my kids love both, you know, mommy and daddy and they're doing well, they'll be okay. Sometimes children hold back and don't, don't tell you what they're thinking, what they're feeling. So I, I'm a, a fan. I'm a supporter of psychotherapy when there may not be a crisis or when there is not an issue because the whole point in psychotherapy is to be proactive and prevent the crisis. And the way you prevent the crisis with the child, whether it happens during their childhood, during their teens, or as an adult, is you send them to psychotherapy to process with the therapist or with the mental health professional about mommy and daddy splitting. This song that you hear in the background now is another song on Adele's album, 30. This song is called My Little Love. And she's talking and singing to her son. Um, And just, you know, another song and lyrics that resonate with you. There's a, a part in here when she actually begins to cry and she's confessing a lot of things to her son. The entire song, she's confessing things to her son, actually. Listen. I wanted you to have everything I never had. I'm so sorry. So yes, 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 we got to put our children first, and in doing so, we have to, we got to get them some help too, because he will go to psychotherapy, we'll go to couples counseling, but oftentimes we leave the children out. So listen to how Adele starts to sing about anxiety and feeling paranoid. And I'm sure a lot of us can identify with this when you're going through challenges. A very anxious day. I feel very paranoid. I feel very stressed. Um, I have a hangover, which helps, but. Today is the first day since I lived in that full lonely. And I never feel lonely. I love being on my own. I always prefer being on my own and being with people. And I feel like maybe I've been like overcompensating. Out and stuff like that. Two, keep my mind off of it, and I feel like today I'm home and I want to be at home. I just want to watch TV, curl up in a ball, and be in my sweats and stuff like that. It's really bad. All right, y'all. 
So let's get back on the couch with uh, Amanda as she answers some of my hard questions, because I know you guys probably have the questions too, like, whoa, were they still intimate if she wasn't really loving him anymore? How did she work that out? All right. Stay tuned. If you got to go, come back and finish the episode, man. I think you'll love everything that this lady has to say. All right, guys, we're back on the couch. Again, I'm here with Amanda Marino. She is an entrepreneur. She is someone who is also very vocal and upfront about her past challenges and how they've made her such a stronger woman, a stronger person, a better mother, a better lover, a better everything. Um, And again, Amanda, what's your website so people can pull that up while they're listening? It's nextlevelrecoveryassociates.com. So guys, pull up her website and um, check her out. She created this company, Next Level, with her business partner, Blake Cohen. And they're just trying to, you know, they're being great brain love people. They're trying to help people live their best lives get through, get past uh, addictions and whatever that addiction may be. So if you know someone that's struggling with addiction, or if you yourself is silently struggling with an addiction and you want help, you need help, this is the person who can help you. So we've been talking about Amanda and how she is just has so much courage and being a woman to do the thing that's considered, um, how shall I say, unlikely, unnecessary, unladylike, all of that stuff. She decided to leave her marriage after being married for six years. Amanda, do you feel like you're on a journey? I mean, it just, everything you explained just sounds like a journey to me, a process that you've been a part of. Absolutely. I've been on a continual, for myself, spiritual, personal, emotional growth journey. Like I I'm content with who I am and happy with myself, but I want to constantly grow and evolve. And during this process, you know, we hear the things that we need to hear when we're open to hear them. I heard someone share that men with, with women on a spiritual journey, such as myself, they want us to stay the same and be the same woman we were at the beginning when they met us. And we want them to evolve and grow and change with us. And, you know, unfortunately that doesn't always happen. And I feel like that's like my partner and I, as we once had this great bond and and we still have a great bond. We're still, we still get along, but once had this thing that I thought I would be in forever, I grew away from, you know, I grew in a different direction and I could not deny it. Hmm. From inside of my brain, my woman brain, my lady brain, when I think about spiritual journeys, I think men can take spiritual journeys as we do, but I don't know. I think maybe it's more common for women to seek, to be on a journey for guidance and to, to learn more, to grow more spiritually. And again, I don't want to offend any of the men who are listening. I know that you all do this too, but I think sometimes when men get married, they get married and they, they're settled. They're settled. They're willing to accept what they have and they go with it. You know, it's not quite often that I hear a man seeking a divorce or wanting out of a marriage. 
but I've spoken to plenty of women who had to divorce. I'm a divorcee. I'm the reason for my divorce. You know, it wasn't my husband. I requested the divorce and I know other women, the same thing. Amanda, what do you think about that? Um, you know, I guess men in marriage, if they seem settled and willing to stay, because I know so many men who are in marriages, they don't even like, they don't like the wife. They don't love the wife. There may not be any sex involved, but I guess for different reasons, maybe some of them are financial, not wanting to pay alimony, not wanting to pay child support, they stay. And to me, that ain't very spiritual. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I was just getting emotional when you were talking um, because being on a spiritual journey is like, I, it's like, I have to, it has to be the number one thing for me coming from being sexually abused, watching my sister being kidnapped as a kid all the childhood trauma I went through that like, if I don't have that, like, I don't have anything. And I abandoned that core part of me, you know, and nobody did that to me. Like, I can't blame my husband. I can't blame my children. I just chose to step away from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, that in my, in this, in my situation, my, my husband had, we, he was every, it was everything he wanted. He always dreamt about a beautiful little girl. He had her, he never thought he could be in love again. And he, he found me. Um, he had this great family unit, you know, um, he was, he's, he was content and he was completely shocked. Like he did was completely still, I think, shocked, you know, in Ooh. some kind of shock. Yeah. So it's, it's been hard, you know? Um, but I think, but, and it's hard for him to understand when I tell him, this is not about you. You're a great man. You're a great father. We had a great 10 years together. This is about me. And I, I really, truly mean that, you know, like I can't, there's, there's needs. I know that I didn't meet for him. I can look and I can tell you 10 reasons why he might not want to stay married to me. Right. Mm-hmm. I have that awareness. I can say, well, I wasn't emotional. I wasn't affectionate. I wasn't, I didn't, you know, make time for the marriage. Like I should have, I wasn't connecting. I was so disconnected. Um, so there's so many of his needs that I hope for him that he finds, you know, I hope that mm-hmm. he's able to find someone to meet his needs. And then I hope that I'm, you know, I actually have been able <laughs> to find that um, already, but, um, but yeah, I really hope that for him. And, you know, we just shift and change and grow. Did he ever voice any of that to you? Like, dang, you're never emotional. You don't hug me. You don't kiss me. You're not, did he ever tell you those things? Yes. All the time, hmm. all the time. I wasn't affectionate. I was like, he told me at one point I was like the ice princess. That was what he told me as far as like, because I was so shut down. Mm-hmm. And I was not like, I didn't cry for a long time this year. I have cried so many times and like on like so many layers have come out that I was just stuffing in there. It's amazing what we can do to ourselves and like shut down. And yeah. that's from being a trauma survivor. Like I can do that. That's how I survived, you know? Yeah. So even though it's unhealthy as all heck, you know, I can do that. I know how to shut it down and not even know I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, as you're saying, you taught yourself to suppress, suppress, Mm -hmm. ignore and hide and just and pretend also to get through. Why do you think he stayed? Um, I mean, he, he shared with me since, you know, leaving him that I was, you know, he never thought that some love could be possible. And like, he found that in me, you know, we like had a, you know, we had a great, family dynamic, really good, you know, like we ran a good household together. And when I sat in therapy, 
um, and my therapist asked me like certain pillars, like of where I felt like we were connected. That was the really the only one we had. She asked me about emotional, mental, and emotional and mental, physical, spiritual, and financial. And we weren't really aligned on any of those other things really at that point at all. But we still had like, we really had a good family unit. And that's what our Facebook saw and our mutual friends and our family. And even my kids were shocked. Like, cause there was no fighting and drama in the house. You know, when kids are dealing with fighting, they're kind of sometimes relieved for a divorce, but like I had to walk through like my kids being pissed at me. Even my son, who's not his pissed at me for, for months. And I had to still believe and have faith in myself that this was the right decision. Even if nobody else in the whole world understood me. And there was a few people, but very few that understood me, especially in the beginning, Good. not even my own babies. How old is your son now? He's 16. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So for your husband, was this his first marriage or a second marriage? No, it was both of our second. And that's why we had stayed um, engaged for so long. Gotcha. You know, we were both kind of scared to, <laughs> to do the marriage thing. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So for someone who says that you sound like a selfish, selfish bitch, what would you say to them? Oh God. Well, I can tell you, I have dealt with so much of that this year, um, really seeing people for who they are first being angry at it and hurt and feeling, you know, going into victim, like, and wanting to state my case and be like, you don't know, you didn't live inside my body, you know, but to a place now where I'm comfortable with who I am and comfortable and trust myself. But I have been the bitch, um, with among mutual friends, among his family, at first, my family, um, you know, my children, a lot of people that are mixed in business, you know, and were in the recovery business world, you know, like looked at the situation from the outside, were like, oh, poor him. But no one asked, mm -hmm. like, if I was okay, not knowing that I was having panic attacks, I was unraveling, I was not showing up as a good mother or showing up for myself. And like, for people like me that are in recovery, that can lead to like a relapse that can lead to, you know, yeah hospitalization of breakdowns, you know? So like I, I had to really choose myself and today I don't feel bad for that. I think that everyone should ultimately choose themselves because now it's just, you know, this was in March, this started, it's December. I just took my children on a trip to New York. Our bond right now and our connection is stronger and greater than ever because they see mom happy. They see mom living her truth. They see mom stepping into what she knows is best for herself, which in turn, the children benefit from yeah. they're not benefiting from me saying in something that I'm not happy in yeah yeah they're not you benefiting know? definitely not from a superficial relationship not at all kids no. need to see genuine love absolutely yeah. absolutely and and but to, on the other thing is I've had so not people just be mad at me from the outside but I've also had a number of women reach out to me letting me know that they were really upset with me and pissed at me because they wanted to do what I did, but they just couldn't do it. They've stayed in their marriage way past the expiration date, but they couldn't step out and they couldn't do whether it be financially, whether it be for other reasons that they were mad at me for, for being able to do it when they couldn't. Yeah. To do the thing that they didn't have the courage to do, yeah. not having the courage to be the bad guy. And, and, you know, and men are the same way. Some men are in rotten marriages and they don't want to be the bad guy. <laughs> so did you really love him? Because some people are listening and saying love should have conquered all, uh, that if you really loved him and 
feeling that he wasn't growing with you spiritually, you could have helped him. And I don't know how you help someone grow spiritually who's not feeling it, who's not embracing that, who they for themselves don't have that in them. You know, some folks are more spiritual than others. Some people have no spirituality. What do you say to that, that you didn't love him? Well, I definitely did love him. Um, I wouldn't have been in a, you know, faithful relationship for that long if I didn't, you know, and I wouldn't have invested what I did. Um, and I believed kind of like what you just shared. I believe that I could help. I believe that if I did extra or I did enough or I did more that I could fix all the things that were not right in him, in the house with the kids. Like I felt like I was all that mighty and powerful. Right. Yeah. But you can't, you can encourage people to be on a journey, but like you have to feel that fire inside yourself. Like I can't give that to somebody. Mm -hmm. I have it because I, it's something I need to be stable, to be healthy, to show up for myself, to show up for my clients, to show up for my children. I, it's a must in my life for, for him, for example, like he came from an, another layer of addiction. He's like, I used to live behind a dumpster in my addiction. Like I'm so good with the way things are. And that that's his truth. Like he's content and, and, and happy with where he's come to for me. I have to, I want to, and, and choose to continue, continually evolve and grow. And there's a new version of myself that has showed up this year that I've never even known, you know, turned 40. And I'm like, I've become much more, you know, to myself. I've, I've tightened up my circle of friends. I've become much more content again in being alone and being home by myself. You know, I didn't have that for a long time. So, so many things have shifted and changed and continue. I don't know who I'm going to be in a year from now. Yeah. Let me tell you. And that's exciting. <laughs> I love the single life. <laughs> I love my house. I love being in my house by myself. And, you know, I think some yeah. people, some folks like to be alone. Some people are codependent. You know, there's extremes to everything. We're all on the spectrum somewhere. Um, did you think that taking him through this situation could have triggered a relapse for him? Also, you mentioned how you could, this could have triggered a relapse for you. Do you think the stress of going through a divorce with his wife, unbeknownst to him, who was unhappy, could have triggered a relapse for him as well. Absolutely, it could have, especially with, um, you know, in the beginning, the state, you know, that we were both in, it, it definitely could have either one of us, you know, but, and I even had someone, you know, from his side of things, tell me that I could have caused that for him, you know, and that's like, I, I wasn't accepting that, because that that's not, Absolutely. That's not something I can do. Right. But it, right. it could right. have, but I, I, I think that he's made really good decisions um, in certain areas to take care of himself in ways that he probably never would have if I would have stayed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and, and so here's the, the learning point. I asked that question, but it doesn't mean that I believe that she, she could have caused a, a trigger and, and made him relapse. No one can make you relapse. No one can make you do anything. So, you know, these are the times where you have to dig deep and make healthy decisions for yourself, regardless of what's going on around you and in, in the relationships you're in. You have to empower yourself. So some more hard questions. Once you realized you were growing and you were growing away from him and you were no longer necessarily, shall I say, in love or in lust or... Um, 
super happy in the relationship. Did you find that it was manifesting in ways that caused you to behave differently towards your husband? Like, did it make you snappy? Did it make you um, mean towards him? Did it make you behave differently towards him? Um, sexually in the bedroom, were things different? Um, because if you're not really loving someone, for women, sex is emotional for us. Yes, I... All, all of that very, you know, slowly over time, progressively more and more, you know, shutting down, not making time for him, not having the emotional capacity for him, um, you know, not wanting, not even feeling like I wanted, I wanted sex in my life. I didn't think that it was an important thing for me. I didn't think that I, I wanted it. I didn't really want to do it. I did it as a, you know, being a quote unquote, good wife. Um, you know, I enjoyed it once I did it, but it was not something that I thought of, wanted, desired, initiated. Um, so over, over, I'm talking years, like that stuff slowly, so, you know, progressively got worse for me being detached and shut down from him, you know, cause sex is, emo is emotional. And like, I, I wasn't in it for the, the last year, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are some people who love love, who love being in love, who believe that love conquers all. I'm one of those people where I believe that someone can love two people at one time. I don't believe that love is just for certain situations or scenarios or, um, and I also believe that love is fluid. I believe that once you love a person, it doesn't mean that you always love them forever and always. Do you feel that your love, the quality changed, if that makes any sense to you? The quality of your love for the relationship and the marriage, did it change along the way? It had to have. When it happened, um, I don't have the awareness. It definitely had to because I can look at him now as being and being divorced and I have someone else in my life who I'm crazy about, but I can still look at my, my ex-husband with a kind of love that I even felt towards the end of our marriage. Like I still would do anything for him. I think he's an amazing father. I honor the time we spent together. I would never want to hurt him or disrespect him. Um, I care what happens to him. Like I still feel like I did probably the last year now being divorced. Yeah. And I still show up that way with kindness and compassion. And even when it's not, you know, because of his emotions and his process, sometimes it's not received, but I still show up that way. And I still feel the same kind of, of love, like as another human being, as a friend, as somebody that, you know, that I spent 10 years with, I honor that. I don't look at it like, oh, that was a waste of 10 years, you know, mm -hmm. um, I do look at it as so many lessons learned and so much growth and finding, like, I believed that there was something out there for me that was more of a spiritual connection a more of an emotional connection, something that was different for me. I believe that that could be out there and I took a risk, you know, but I knew I didn't, it was the hardest thing in the world to tell a nice man that I didn't want to be with him anymore. But I never, as much as I went into some self-hatred and had really strug struggled about it, I never once said I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that yeah. through this whole process. Yep. 
So I hope guys, you kind of ponder over your definition of love because love is not simple, man. Love has many layers to it. Um, being in relationships have many layers. Being monogamous has many layers. Um, I know folks have probably heard me say before that monogamy is not a natural thing and I still stand by that. It's not natural. Um, what I hear you saying, and I'm very proud of you that you recognize this because a lot of people don't. They stay stuck in this rat race here in America, here on earth, and they don't step back to look at the big, pic the big picture. And the big picture is that we have one shot on earth, one shot to live that we're aware of. No one knows what happens to us when we leave this earth. No one knows if we come back. No one knows if there will be, if we'll live on Pluto the next time we come back and have a new life. No one knows. So based on that, we only have one shot, one shot to live, one shot to be happy. And so if you're in a relationship and you're not happy, and, uh, and I have seen situations where the man or the woman says to the wife or the husband, I, I don't love you anymore. I fell out of love. They've been married 20, 30, 40 years, and they decide to leave. There are some of those scenarios as well. But if you're unhappy, consider this. You got to consider you first, and you have to just look at life like this is the only life I have to live. Why am I going to live miserably? Yeah, that got me choked up. Um you know, through this, this journey towards the end of it, before I told him, I finished that book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And that was like the message I got from it was like, this is it. This is the only chance you get. And like, I didn't feel like for myself, I was living in my truth anymore. And I didn't feel like this was what I wanted anymore. And it was one of the most brutal and awful things I've had to do as a woman in recovery or as a woman in my life. And so brave and, um, and hard but here I sit in December and like I feel settled in it like I it, it, yes it's been a hard hard year but I feel so proud of myself I feel confident in my decisions and confident in my truth and I trust myself on another level you know that I didn't before this is it this is my life I'm 40 years old how do I want to live the rest of my life how what do I want to teach my children you know that sometimes we have to do, sometimes we have to do hard things. Mm -hmm. We have to make hard decisions that we're going to, that are going to hurt other people, even if we don't want to, I never wanted to hurt him. That's probably why I stayed longer, you know, subconsciously, I never wanted to hurt him, but unfortunately that's part of the process to choose myself was to hurt him. And that sucks. Yeah. I hate that every day, you know? Yeah. 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 But you got to choose you. Yeah. Have you to. Have to no one else is going to choose you first besides you, you know? No. And I'll say, I'll say one other thing. And that is this, we all deserve to have good sex and to be happy when we're having good sex. If you choose to be sexually active, you should have a good time. You should adore the person you're with, who you're being sexually active with. And if you've lost that in your relationship, talk to a mental health professional so you can get that back. If you've done that and you're not able to get it back because of the history you may have, your history may be different than the history Amanda had with her, her husband. But if you have a bad history with your significant other, if you, times weren't good and you can't get over that stuff, it may be time for you to move on because no one should be a hermit. No one should not like 
romance and being sexually active and intimate because they don't like the person they're with. And I think a lot of people settle and stay in relationships. And this is this, this is the situation they're in. They're not, they don't, they no longer adore the person they're with. So I hope you guys, you know, I hope you, you got some gems out of this interview with Miss Amanda Marino from Next Level. Contact her. Are you open to people contacting you if they need help? Your life coach, if they need help in their relationship journey, if they want your assistance and, you know, determining what they should do in their relationship. Absolutely. They can contact me directly. It's Amanda at nextlevelrecoveryassociates.com. Um, they can contact me directly. And if I'm not the right person, I'll point them in the right direction. You know, I never leave somebody without, without a solution, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever they're seeking, whether it's, you know, substance use, whether it's, men- you know, mental health struggles, whether it's eating disorders, digital addiction, game, you know, game gambling, whatever it is, I'll, I'll find the right thing for people, whether it's working with my organization or not. Yeah. Give your email again. Amanda at nextlevelrecoveryassociates.com. Reach out to me anytime. I'm, I'm, my purpose is to help others in this life. All right, guys. I think, um, I think that'll do it. And you're not a bad guy, Amanda. I want you to know you're not a bad guy. Thank you. Today, I know that too. I didn't for a lot of, of 2021, but I do today. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you did the right thing. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the couch and sharing your story to empower other women. And maybe some men also will be moved to do the right thing and, and choose themselves first. Do you have a last word or anything or? No, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. You know, after hearing Adele share her whole thing, you know, and then you had asked me, I was like, I'm ready now. I wouldn't have been ready a few months ago but I was ready to talk about this. And I really just hope that it brings someone some comfort to like not punish themselves or, or choose themselves first. If they, you know, and to that we have this one life to live your one life, how you want to live it and don't feel bad about it. All right. Yeah. I have nothing else to add. You've been on the couch with me, Dr. Delvina and Amanda Marino from next level Guys, um, thank you for your support. And remember, choose you. Choose yourself.